0: Hello and welcome to a special Tuesday morning Oscar nominations day episode of Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. It's
1: such an honor to present this next award.
2: And here are the nominees. And the Oscar goes to.
0: And the Oscar goes to. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. I'm the king of the
2: world. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won best picture.
0: I am Katie Rich. I'm very excited, as you can tell. I'm here with Richard Lawson. Hello. With Rebecca Ford. Hello. And David Canfield. Hi. It's Oscar nominations day. Hopefully you're listening to this uh, soon after we record it, because we want to get our thoughts out there quickly. And so many of you have sent us your questions and hot takes on the nominations, which we are just delighted for. As always, we'll get into all of that and our takes on the nominations. I'm still kind of vibrating from all of this. I always get, like, nervous and excited and, like... All these wild possibilities go through my brain, and when the dust settled and I could kind of look at it, I feel like these are pretty good nominations. You guys, are, are yeah. we all feeling kind of good?
3: I was really pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah, the new, the new, the ever-changing makeup of the Academy is really starting to show its results, and I think that's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I think we should start with what we were all talking about before this even started. And, David, what you wrote about so well, uh, drive my car. And people who've been listening to the show know that we've been eyeing it as this kind of surging force in the race. Um, and, David, as you wrote, like, even last week with the BAFTA nominations, you kind of got a hint that that this might happen.
3: Yeah, I think one of the very first stories I wrote when I came to Vanity Fair was about the Academy invites from last year and how over half of them were uh, from countries outside of the U.S. So it's a beat I've been following all season long, and I think it's really the main story of where the Academy's going right now, and I think that really showed today. Mm -hmm. Drive My Cars had an incredible rise um, from where it started at Cannes, where I don't even think it was considered one of the top potential Oscar breakouts of that festival, um, to sweeping um, the big critics' prizes for Best Picture, getting key BAFTA nominations, which show that the industry had started to pay attention as a result of the critical support, and then just completely exploding this morning with Picture, Director, Screenplay, and International Film. It's, it's pretty incredible, and I think it's a true testament to how the Academy has, has grown.
0: I want to pull out one of the stats that uh, our friend and podcast guest Joe Reed is doing for us later today. I'm pulling together some of the stats and record-breaking nature of these nominations. And this is the first time since 1976 that two international films have been nominated in screenplay categories. Uh, That would be The Worst Person in the World, uh, Richard Lawson's favorite film of the year, and Drive My Car. So congratulations to you personally, Richard. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I did it. Um, This is why you guys sent me to Cannes, because I see Worst Person in the World, write a rave review, and then, oh, wait, sorry, I didn't see Drive My Car at Cannes because it was too long and I was intimidated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You made up for it in due time, though. Indeed. Uh, Yeah, Richard, as like, you know, the critics who people can tend to be like, well, critics aren't Academy members. And uh, often that turns out to be true. But I think with Drive My Car and some other things, like critical support really showed itself here. What were you uh, kind of pleased to see?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Drive My Car stuff is great. I was so excited for Worst Person in the World, which has two nominations and one, you know, screenplay that I really didn't think it had a chance for and, you know, maybe kicked out Aaron Sorkin, uh, which is Could have. sort of a fascinating uh, example of the old Academy versus the new one. And I think it's, you know, I think it's cool that, like, Penelope Cruz, which she seems sort of on the bubble, we weren't really sure, that she got in for Parallel Mothers, but also that it got a score nomination. So that just shows, yeah. like, there is broader mm-hmm. support for that film than maybe it looked like even just a couple of weeks ago.
0: Uh, Rebecca, I'm going to turn to you to start talking about snubs, because I realized we start talking about uh, high-class international features first. But what happened <laughs> at House of Gucci, Rebecca? It only got nominated in Makeup. The, the the little monsters are furious.
2: <laughs> I you know, I mean, of course Gaga I feel like was the biggest surprise, but we all knew that film was on the bubble. Um, you know, it it just had such an uneven campaign and it was not beloved in it in, in any way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I mean, and that category was very competitive. Um so to me I wasn't totally surprised. I mean, I think it did have a better chance in costumes, which we did not see it get. Um, but overall, it just felt like Academy voters were just not into that film. So I think they should probably be very happy with their makeup nomination.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about the New York film critics being influential in terms of starting the, the drumbeat for Drive My Car uh, back in December. I almost wonder, though, if her winning Best Actress, Gaga winning at New York Film Critics Circle, sort of put that in mind of, of, of Academy voters being like, we can't let that happen. You know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe.
0: Don't let these critics break down our barriers. <laughs> I mean, I would say except for Best Actor, which went more or less how we expected with that fifth slot going to Javier Bardem, which could have been a few people, every acting category had some kind of big what's shocker moment, yeah, right? Definitely. Definitely. What was the biggest one for, for you, David?
3: I think Judy Dench over Katrin Abel for Belfast and Supporting Actress. I honestly don't know how the tabulation between lead and supporting kind of ends up netting out. I know that uh, after the first round of voting, you kind of get placed depending on where you had the most support. But I wonder if... There was enough clear support for Dench and supporting where Balf straddling lead and supporting uh, hurt her. But she got in with Globes, BAFTA, SAG. She was behind a Best Picture candidate. I thought she was the main challenger to Ariana DeBose for the win. So mm-hmm. um, that really shocked me. And I think it was also strange because Belfast didn't perform very well overall. So Judy Dench actually making that category after not popping up anywhere is is a really interesting, specific show of support for her, I think, because the movie missed a lot of crafts categories and generally didn't show up in places where we thought it would. So that that was my big...
1: I'm told that, unfortunately, there were a lot of votes for someone named Katrina Belfs, but they couldn't count those.
0: Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) Judy Dench
1: was just easier to spell. Um, Yeah, the Belfast not showing up in, quote unquote, below the line categories is interesting, because usually that can be used as evidence that it has a big best picture momentum. But I think this year we might be looking at best picture contenders that actually are not so well supported, um, you know, in, in the sort of deeper categories.
2: I do want to tell you I spent many minutes this morning trying to figure out this Katrina Balfe situation. (laughs) And I did talk to a few people because I do think there was some category confusion and it probably was a mistake to submit her as uh, supporting. You know, Jude Hill, the young actor in the film, was the only one submitted as lead. But voters can choose to vote for an actor in lead or supporting you need to get enough votes in either category to be nominated. And I do think there was probably a lot of voting for her in lead and supporting, and it just sort of created a mess. Because I do think there's no way you look at that film, and it's Judi Dench, I understand. um, You know, I'm a big fan of hers. But there's no way you look at her work in the film and and think she did more heavy lifting than Katrina. So I do wonder if people just put her in lead and it just created this sort of split mess that that led her to not have that nomination
0: yeah I I understand the confusion more on like Lakeith Stanfield last year for Judas and the Black Messiah who had been campaign and lead and was like not really supposed to get in but then wound up in supporting but she seems like a supporting actress in this movie to me like I don't I don't follow yeah. how many how so many people may have put her in actress I think that there may have
3: been this may have been a case of the actress category just being so scattered too I mean BAFTA as far as I know did not Forecast a single nominee for Best <laughs> yep. Actress, which is got to be, which has got to be unprecedented. And um, SAG missed a couple; uh, they didn't nominate Kristen Stewart or Penelope Cruz. So it feels like a lot of different actresses were getting votes here. And I think Balf probably found her way into that mix to some extent, but obviously not enough. Um, but this just felt like such a messy category, and I, I think. It's funny how this—I mean, Penelope Cruz is a very pleasant surprise, and, and Kristen Stewart, more of a relief than anything, which we yeah. can get into. But um, this category isn't, like, hugely shocking to me. I think, like, two months ago, these predictions, you know, maybe pre-Gaga's NYFCC win, w- would have felt about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, there was a, there were a lot of movement. There's a lot of movement in this category, but ended in a pretty—in the place we were more, more at the beginning—
0: yeah. Whereas in Supporting Actress, I think like Judy Dench and Jesse Buckley both were nowhere yeah. in the precursors. Right. I mean, Jesse Buckley, I am thrilled to see like I'm so I think thrilled. she's great in that movie as uh, as the st- the struggling mom who is represented by the lost daughter. Jesse Buckley is my avatar. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for her. But, that, but yeah, I was surprised.
1: It means no Ruth, Ruth Nega, which is yeah. uh, yes. disappointing and kind of surprising. But, you know, I guess when things are shifting so much, like someone's going to, I think one of you wrote in a piece this morning, like, hearts are going to break, you know, somewhere. It has to happen, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, Passing uh, showed up nowhere, which is not shocking, but I think disappointing for a movie that had really a lot of places it it deserved to be nominated.
1: Can I talk about a big snub? Yeah. Um, And it's one that is personally embarrassing to me because I believe last week I thought he could win. Denis Villeneuve.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Not in director, which I thought was kind of a a lock among, you know, Spielberg and Anderson and Campion. But um, I suppose I was very wrong about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you were not the only one. Um, We got a bunch of people texted us about uh, Denis Villeneuve, and then Tanaya asked if there's a historical snub similar to Denis and director for, you know, like a huge craft popular movie. And the one the closest one I could come up with was Ron Howard in Apollo 13, um, which was also a Best Picture nominee, and he was kind of this famous huge shock, which means um, in about six years, Denis will win for a mediocre biopic, I guess, so we can look forward to that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Bigelow for Zero Dark Thirty is another one that kind of pops out to me.
0: Yeah, although that movie had, like, it was, like, vaguely cursed by bad, you know, like, in the last days of the, of the meanest Oscar campaigns, it really suffered mm-hmm. that way in a way Dune definitely hasn't.
1: Ben Affleck, Argo.
0: Yeah, well, and I think um, Anthony Bresnikan, our colleague, uh, is working on a theory that a uh, Denny snub could really boost Dune's chances in the Best Picture race, uh, which I don't think is, I, I think Power of the Dog is a pretty clearly strong contender, but, you know, we got two months to go.
3: It's very interesting that Dune got into screenplay over West Side Story, like that the writers branch preferred that to West Side Story, but Spielberg got in over Villeneuve. I mean, I'm of the theory that Hamaguchi was not even five there. I think that he, because Drive My Car was so strong, it's going to be strongest in director based on how that branch has voted over the last few years. So I think someone else knocked Villeneuve out pretty narrowly.
0: Maybe Maybe Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the Tony Kushner snub in uh, screenplay. Even though I think Dune's adaptation is pretty accomplished. Like, oh, that's totally. A, that's yeah, a yeah. huge <laughs> deal. But I'm going to... I tweeted this. I'm just going to be mad forever about how Tony Kushner lost for the Lincoln screenplay and then didn't even get nominated for a really incredible adaptate, adaptation work on West Side Story. Yeah, Although, sure. I was worried that West Side Story would, like, really, really falter. And it didn't. Um, So, I was I was happy with that. Kaminsky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty strong across all the crafts as far. I mean, I guess it missed editing. Um. But yeah, I think it performed about as well as we could have hoped at this point.
3: The editing stat for Best Picture is always very strong and it's interesting, you know, unless it's like a 1917 or a, or a Birdman which Wine <laughs> Take Illusions um so it's interesting <laughs> that Power of the Dog made it and neither Best the Belfast nor West Side Story did. So that's a yeah. pretty good sign for Power.
0: Well, we haven't talked about Power of the Dog really yet and it Overperforming 12 nominations is close to the record of how many a single film can get. And then Jesse Plemons wrote those coattails, which I found a pleasant surprise. Were you guys surprised by that, too? I was not. Ah! <laughs>
3: <laughs> I won't say anything else. I was not surprised.
0: Um, well, he and Kirsten Dunst both getting nominated is a really, uh, it's delightful to imagine their household. And the Cruz Bardem household this morning, that's a, um, I'm not sure that's ever happened before, to um, married or otherwise art partner people being nominated together.
1: And the me and Andrew Garfield household. Yeah, you know, well, we're, yeah, we're I've, been, I've been excited for you guys too. <laughs> so, do we think there's anything of note about the fact that fifty percent of the best picture nominees don't have acting nominations? Is that significant, or just kind of a fluke of the you know mandated ten nominations this year?
2: I don't think it's significant. I, I do think it's probably because we have the ten in picture, and I feel like there's often a lot of performances that transcend the film's capabilities of being nominated most years Um, the the
0: Tammy Faye effect you might say yeah the Tammy Faye effect that's a good good
2: way (laughs) to describe it um so yeah to me I mean I saw that sort of floating around out there and I, I didn't find that totally shocking I don't know David I mean I
3: think to an extent you see different branches of the academy lifting up certain films like I think one of Rebecca's Smartest predictions was Nightmare Alley for Best Picture, which I totally agreed with that it would it would make it through, and that's completely on the backs of of the cra- various craft branches and and having enough below the line support to vault it in. Where even Kate Blanchett was nominated for SAG, didn't make it through here, so that was not the acting branches work, I don't think. And and conversely, you look at Being the Ricardos, which got completely blanked by every single branch except the acting branch, which loved it mm-hmm. and gave even J.K. Simmons a nomination. But did not have... I never thought it was a serious picture contender, um, to be honest. And that's because I expected the other branches to not go for it. So I, I think it's it's just partly a, a signal of how the Academy is evolving and how the different branches are are gravitating to different kinds of things. Um, but it's interesting, too, that something like Drive My Car is... You know, it's never really going to be considered, for unfortunate reasons, in the below-the-line categories. Um, but it's still... I think was pretty safely in there based on how well it did in Screenplay and
1: Director. Yeah. I guess the sub kind of question is like when, you know, we see, you know, their foreign language nominations for acting happen, but they're far less frequent. You know, you think about Parasite not getting any nominations. Mm -hmm. Um, Hidetoshi Nishijima from Dry My Car seemed like maybe distant, maybe, I don't know, he won some big critics prizes. Um, But that seems to be like the actors branch, for whatever reason, is not quite um, catching up with or working at the same sort of momentum as the director's branch or whatever else.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I do hope as the academy continues to become more international perhaps the the acting categories will open up because it, there is something about I remember the parasite year like a lot of people didn't learn those actors names you know they just say oh mm-hmm. the guy from parasite and I find that sort of a frustrating pattern so I do hope you know people spend the time to really become familiar with these uh international actors in the future
3: Yeah if you're if you're watching Drive My Car or Worst Person in the World. I mean, those have extremely worthy performances, and it's frustrating. Yeah. They're so uh, far out of the conversation. Although maybe they weren't as far as we think, uh, it's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. I ha- I have one more Gaga question, which is... Does, <laughs> Only
0: does, Gaga does, questions. Does
3: anyone think that her campaigning hurt her? I, I feel like right as voting was happening, the memes started to, <laughs> to spread yeah. a little bit more rapidly, and, and there was more of an awareness, I detected anyway, that she... Was going really hard. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. I'm just wondering if that had anything to do with it,
0: especially for a movie that, as we were saying, like clearly wasn't all that beloved, and like had you know not like, way more so than A Star Is Born, which was a pretty you know got nominated for plenty and didn't really win enough. But she was she was kind of dragging this movie along with her, and clearly didn't have the power to do it.
1: Yeah, you know, and I you know I, I don't think this is that controversial thing to say, but actors can be petty. And, what? you know, like they they saw her in A Star is Born and said, great, good job. You did it, kid. Like, welcome. And then for the second one, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. An accent and this campaign? No, 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 no. Like, you need to put a little more time into this before the we, you The know,
3: method?
0: Right.
1: Like, we need, you know, she, she's not done baking yet or whatever. Um, I, I think that maybe there was pushback against, like, her just kind of being declared, a, a, you know, award-worthy movie star after two films. And they were just like, let's pump, pump the brakes on this.
0: Also, looking at the um, the actor and actress lineup, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think actor is all previous nominees, and actress the only um, non nominee, non previous nominee is Kristen Stewart. That's a lot of veterans that wind up in those categories. And so, and supporting is different. There's a lot of first timers in there, but you can see that the power of just being really, really famous for acting already <laughs> in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and three of the best actress are winners. Two of the best actor are previous winners. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah.
0: speaking of. A Star Is Born, uh, and Rebecca, you were talking about Nightmare Alley. Uh, someone did text uh, wanting to talk about Bradley Cooper's snub in Lakers for Lakers Beach, which I'm furious about. <laughs> um, but he is nominated. He's a producer on Nightmare Alley, <laughs> and his previous Oscar nomination before this was not for A Star Is Born. It was as producer of Joker. Joker, so yeah. Bradley Cooper's Oscar <laughs> track record remains so incredibly strange. I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm sure he's fine. Um, but I'm still just really waiting for him to. To win a dang Oscar, like it just feels crazily overdue at this point.
1: I've always said that Bradley Cooper is the new Danny DeVito in terms of an <laughs> actor who you forget produces a lot of big movies.
0: Yeah. Are you guys surprised that Licorice Pizza uh, didn't really land any? I guess it's picture director and screenplay, which is three big ones. But it did seem like it was surging in support.
3: Yeah, it was the one that surprised me the most. It 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 didn't hit editing, didn't get any acting nominations. PTA did get in for director, which I wonder if that was even a little shaky. Yeah, that's a, that was one that I, I thought was really surging uh, and evidently was not.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, I was very excited about the hat trick that Flea pulled off.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes!
1: That's really cool animated, international, and documentary. I don't know if that hurts it or helps it, you know? Like, maybe it's now going to split votes between three categories. Like like Honeyland, when it got two nominations, didn't win either. But I'm excited that it's represented. I've already seen at least one tweet from someone being like, wait, what's this Flea movie? So if this causes people to seek it out, um, that's good news.
0: Yeah, the international, uh, first of all, this is like the first time in I don't know how long I've seen uh, almost all of the international nominees um, before the nominations happen, which congratulations to me. I have a yak in the classroom to catch up with. It's great. (laughs) Have you seen
3: it? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I predicted it.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm so so excited. I mean, just that title existing at all is a thrill. It's very sweet. Um, But it's a really good lineup of films. Like, I was really nervous about Flea. I think a few of us were. It felt like it had gotten kind of quiet. Um, And actually, Flea and Summer Soul and Coda from last your Sundance—that's a really good track record for them, and proof of longevity in this race, which we don't only always get to see.
3: And you can include Judas in the Black Messiah, which technically premiered at that Sundance as well.
0: Holy crap! Uh, that <laughs> makes me—that makes me feel like time like doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was the effect of that Sundance, I think, in that Oscar <laughs> season. Uh, yeah, it was a really, really strong showing for for Sundance, and it's nice that a lot of those nominees like Flea has multiple nominations, Worst Person in the World has multiple nominations. Um, Parallel Mothers wasn't even submitted for that category and has multiple nominations. And obviously, Drive My Car has a ton. So, it, you know, it's so often that almost all those nominees, that's their only nomination. Uh, and that's starting to not be the case anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: One thing looking even further down the list is, you know, we're talking about this exciting development of the Academy with, you know, more international stuff, but you still see some of the same old, same old, like another year where Reba McIntyre and Beyonce are nominated in the same category.
0: I just think
1: (laughs) enough already.
0: Reba That's did not write that song, song. No, unfortunately. I know she, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, <laughs> Diane Warren the, the, did, right? The, yeah, the yeah. Diane Warren Juggernaut. Um I just I would I did I not predict that it's believe. really. The, I mean the original song lineup, a, a constant hang up of mine because it's uh, always just like brilliant to or sublime to terrible in one category. Um it, I mean Beyonce getting in there, people are going to be happy even though I think that song's kind of dull. I think all of the songs are kind of dull, again, which is yeah. why maybe Encanto wins on a default because it's Limo and Miranda's EGOT. I don't know. It's a, I don't know what could have happened to make it better because the, the choices weren't that great, but here we go.
2: I got to say, I wish people would stop nominating poor Diane Warren if you're not going to let her win. Like, what are, <laughs> what is this, 13? 14 I mean... She deserves a win. And, you know, speaking of people who work the circuit, I used to see her at, like, every event. Everything. E- oh, yeah. She pounds the pavement. And I think enjoys the experience, of course. But, God, just just give her the win. And, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be this year, either.
0: No. This is her 13th nomination. Sorry. You were right. The okay, first time, 13. Rebecca. Lucky
2: 13.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this movie
3: premiered at 2020 Sundance, oh, by my the way. Goodness. I wow. saw that. I saw it in person and was not... I did not enjoy it. Uh, wow! The, the first
1: movie at Sundance I've ever walked out of halfway through. Wow! To be it's, it's quite, it's quite
3: bad.
0: Do you guys have to? Do you guys have to now finish it so that it, uh, or do you have to finish it now that it's an Oscar nominee?
3: Well, I need to hear the song. I don't remember the. I don't remember the song. I did sit through the whole thing, um, but I don't, I don't know what the song is. So.
0: You can find I've I've listened to it. You can find it on YouTube. I do believe it's Reba Reba McIntyre on a beach, which feels like a Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar reference. So if you want (laughs) to to take that for it. (laughs) Um, Oh, and I wanted to talk about score too, because Encanto showing up there for me was a pleasant surprise, even though um, I think we had predicted it. And Parallel Mothers uh, getting in for score that was like Mm -hmm. yeah, and that's such a beautiful score. You know, I think I had predicted Pedro Almodovar to get in for screenplay, so it didn't make it in there. But um, seeing those like little bits of support all throughout, I think only further bolsters what you were talking about, David, that the Academy really is looking um, far beyond its the American borders now.
3: Yeah, and I think what Rebecca and I were both hearing specifically about Parallel Mothers, like it was a movie that... A lot of people were talking about just kind of offhandedly mm-hmm. um, that really had been showing up nowhere. So that was a that was a relief. Also interesting in the score category, though, I expected Alexander Desplot to get nominated for French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been the French Dispatch's only nomination by that math. And it's now this is the first time in, I think, 15 years that Wes Anderson, a Wes Anderson movie was not nominated for any Oscars our Healing Limited was the last one which yeah. I don't
1: know if you agree uh, Rebecca at least at Telluride I think we talked about this that like I feel like that started at Telluride because French Dispatch yeah. really did not go over well there yeah. and there's a lot of you know academy people at that festival and um, so maybe that was it was dead over Labor Day weekend and <laughs> we just found out now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wonder. We got a couple people texting us about uh, French Dispatch and how it felt like a snub and whether Wes Anderson is in the club the way we thought he was. And I wonder if we'll look back in 20 years and be like, wow, Grand Budapest was the chance. And we missed it. It probably deserved more than it got, including a nomination for refines, which I'll keep being mad about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me too. Um, I'm, ga- I'm gonna keep reading the text because this is like coming in since we started recording but to go back to denis villeneuve for a second um we got a text from peter who said do you think the snub for denis in director indicates a let's see part two then give that award out thinking uh oh. maybe i mean dune went over pretty well so presumably part two could w- two
1: yeah, yeah maybe
0: it didn't occur to me until now
1: yeah same i mean you know it's sort of return of the king kind of thinking yeah because i guess jackson didn't win until then right because it won best, uh, p- the yeah, third one yeah, he went yeah. at the end, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So and one best picture. So like maybe maybe that is the the, the thinking, um, but I don't know. I, I I think yeah, director was such a strange category, and then when you put Hamaguchi for Drive My Car in there, it kind of throws everything out of whack. Um, in a in a fun way, in an interesting way. Um, but uh, I probably would have swapped out Brianna for Villeneuve, even though I don't really like Dune.
0: Um, so going back into our tech listeners, listeners, um, Letitia from the Bay Area um, basically says, I'm not in the business, but I love movies. Can you explain what campaigning really is and how it impacts winners? What can a nominee do to improve her his, their chances of winning? Which I think is interesting because we've talked about campaigning a lot leading up to this point. And we're about to get back into in-person stuff, we think. All signs point to yes. So... What's going to happen now? Like, who is going to pound the pavement? Who's going to not pull a Lady Gaga and campaign successfully? Like, or David and Rebecca, you guys will be there for a lot of this. Can you kind of preview what campaigns will look like from here? I love this question. Yeah. That's a great question. I want to start with something
2: David and I were discussing. Netflix had already sent out an invitation for a Power of the Dog reception. Wild. That before nominations, that it's, you know, it's being called a PGA screening, but it's, Wednesday night, which is the day after nomination. So, to me... With Benedict there. With Benedict there, Q&A, and with the producers, and to me, that shows sort of the level of confidence, first of all, which they should have, as we've now seen today, uh, for that film, but also the sort of aggressive campaign that Netflix is probably going to pursue for the next few weeks until... because they want that best picture uh, win at this point. And To me, that's sort of the perfect example of campaigning. It's sort of setting up a ton of these screenings and Q&As and now in-person events um, where you can bring out the talent, bring out the director, bring out everyone to woo voters. And it's been different this season, of course, because a lot of it has been virtual. But I think for phase two, we're going to see a lot in person for the next month, two months. What month is it now? Hold on. For the yeah. next six, six, is... six weeks or for so? The, yeah. Yes, for the next six weeks. I think that campaigning is, it's in
3: really, it's an interesting word for this season because we've had periods where there was no in-person <laughs> version mm-hmm. of it. And then the beginning of this season really was all back to in-person for the most part. Um, and those are two very different experiences, I think, both for voters and for um those who are patting the pavement and who are working for nomination. Um, And I I wrote in my Drive My Car piece that I think that that movie really benefited from a lack of in-person campaigning just as voting was ramping up. Yeah, I thought that
0: was a fascinating point.
3: Because it's not a movie just by the nature of what it is and who's involved that that can have much of a presence on the ground here unless they do something like Parasite and just have everybody here for for all those big events, which turned out to be canceled anyway, uh, or postponed, I should say. But but so it really can benefit different movies depending on what's going on. In the case of something like being the Ricardos, you know, yes, it's a streaming movie and people can watch it at home, but I think it was also a movie that benefited a lot from Nicole Kidman being a really strong in-person campaigner. Uh, She's... One of my favorite pres- presences on the trail. She's always, you know, really open and candid and and interesting to talk to, and ha- does great Q and As. And and so that could hurt a film like Being the Ricardos, uh, even if you know the actress can still get in. So it, it just it depends on the period and it depends on the movie, it depends on the person. Um, but I do think movies that couldn't have as much of a campaign presence probably benefited a little bit, or even something like Nightmare Alley. Um, which Rebecca and I have been talking about a lot is gauging this momentum, this virtual momentum where Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro got to do all these virtual Q and A's where he might not have done that much in person stuff. And I mm-hmm. wonder, I wonder if, cause he, cause he's, I think he's working on another film or, or series. So I wonder if that element for that movie really elevated it back into that best picture conversation because it had been fading.
0: Yeah, I wonder, wait, we're talking about the international scope of the academy, and obviously there's still a lot of voters based all over. But is this where it gets back to the clubby, like, well, if you're at the Soho House for this right. party, like, your odds really increase. Um, it, it gets more domestic when it's everyone being on this, on this campaign trail.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly. There's such a fine line. I mean, I've experienced far less of the campaign events than you um, have, David and Rebecca. But, you know, you, you can't say that this is an FYC event. You just are like we're celebrating the film. We're talking about its ideas and a we're, toast you know, to Jessica Chastain. Yeah, it's very like <laughs> oh oh. Are there awards happening? We just you know we just were proud of our film. You know, you, you I used to go to all the Peggy Siegel events in New York, which were sort of like they would scrape up all the old Academy members out of their Upper East Side apartments and <laughs> dump them in a dining <laughs> room somewhere. Um, and those were interesting because those were a little more nakedly campaigny. But then, like, the New York Times did some stuff. I, I remember meeting Eddie Redmayne at a thing for uh, The Theory of Everything. And he was being literally, like, brought around by a publicist to to, to shake people's hands. And I might them, have been at that know. same event. Yeah. I remember
0: how just, like, game he was. I mean, that's a huge part of how I think we all believe he won that Oscar, just being yeah. everywhere. He was really good
1: at it. Yeah, because he's really he,
0: charming and nice and cute.
1: And he would kind of do that conspiratorial thing of like, oh, what are we doing here? Like, this is so crazy. <laughs> like, you know,
0: like, all the while
1: the gears are turning like award award, you know, like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think it's a subtle art. And I think that Gaga is not yet trained in it, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and maybe that, yep. that hurt her. Um, whereas a beloved cinephile like Guillermo del Toro, like, popping up on a Zoom window to talk about things he loves, like, that's a very sort of subtle, um, we're all in this kind of film community together kind of thing. It was not so nakedly pursuing an award.
0: Or Nicole Kidman, yeah. uh, Heartbreak Feels Good in a Place Like This. Like, she's, she's good at that balance, too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, the acting races, if we're going to talk about campaigning, like, I think What Drive My Car Does is really interesting from here on out, but um, which acting races are we expecting to see just ramp up, like... I do we how do we feel actress. like any of them are so yeah I mean actress mm-hmm. is the one right like who's gonna win that thing
3: the 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 way BAFTA votes is if you're in the top two you automatically get nominated which if they have a, and they have a lot of academy overlap so the fact that none of those actresses made it to the Oscars mean it's wide open I mean that's just the bottom line and if yeah. being the Ricardos doesn't have as much support outside of the acting branch now that it's opened up I I think it's Really open. I I have no idea who is winning that category. I mean, I, I think Olivia Coleman's really in it because Lost Daughter slightly overperformed, um,
0: which is a good sign. Yeah. What do you think, Rebecca? Well, I actually kind of want to
2: hear if Richard is sticking with his Nicole Kidman prediction for this group. Yes. You are. Yeah. yeah. I I yeah. think it's really wide open too. I agree with David. And this is a group other than Olivia Coleman, who I think will really get out there to, uh, you know, uh, campaign for these films. Uh, Olivia is known for not doing very much and, and she likes to keep the focus on her co-stars in the film. And uh, wins
0: awards anyway. And still wins all the time. So isn't that the dream? I'm sure every actor is like, how do I get that? <laughs> so, give one all Alzheimer's great Oscar acceptance speech and then you'll yeah. be nominated for the rest of your life.
2: But I do think we'll see the rest of them really out there.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting category this year in that with the exception and apologies to Chastain, I think the other four are all absolutely viable winners and um and and uh, an appeal to different facets of you know, individual Academy members or even within a a one Academy member, you know, like there's the kind of grand theatrics of what Kidman is doing. There's the international cachet of Penelope Cruz. There's the interior artistry of Kristen Stewart. And then there's Coleman who is kind of all of those things and beloved and classy and all that stuff. So I wonder if maybe some sort of combination of that, you know, if one person possesses it, they'll win. And I kind of, I do think that's Coleman, but I'm still sticking with Kidman at the moment.
0: I would be shocked for Kristen Stewart to win at this point. I mean, I think we all were relieved in one love or another to see her nominated, but that she's the only nominee from that entire movie.
3: Yeah, I think that's it.
1: (laughs) They they are going to bring out the the scales, though, where they weigh people at at the Oscars.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and she's going to bring, you know, the kid from Belfast with her to sit on the scale just to (laughs) mess with the system. Um, I'm keeping an eye on supporting actor. Uh my, my theory that Bradley Cooper could win the whole thing if he got nominated will never be proven wrong because he didn't get nominated. But I do think, especially with Clemens and Cody Smith mcphee both getting nominated, like that is up for grabs, I think.
3: I think Kotzer really has a good shot at winning that. It's a mm-hmm. clear, like the only place Coda can win. It's very it's a well liked movie. And he would be a groundbreaking, I think worthy winner. I mean, he's pretty amazing in the movie. Did you see the video of him falling out of his chair when he was
1: celebrating? Yeah, and this he's, yes! he's also, like, yeah. speaking
3: of great campaigning.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> he is, he's just that delightful, he's that delightful discovery of the trail this season, I think, that uh, you can't help but root for.
0: Well, it feels like a really facile comparison because they're both movies about deafness, but he reminds me so much of Paul Racy for Sound of Metal last year. Sure. Just like someone who's been working a long time, hasn't gotten this level of recognition, is, like, kind of bewildered but thrilled to be there. Like, it's a, Everyone likes to root for that person,
3: and he could have been second. I feel like Daniel Kaluuya was just so undeniable that that yeah. race never really got off the ground. But yeah. this is not this is not one of those years.
0: Yeah, and I think even though Ariana DeBose and the supporting actress still looks very strong, like I don't think she is as undeniable as Daniel Kaluuya last year. Like that that race is also up for grabs. Yeah. I think. I was so happy to see Anjanu Ellis get in. I know you were too, David.
3: I was so, oh, so so relieved, especially when I heard <laughs> I, when I heard Buckley, I was like, oh, she's no way.
0: <laughs> but we only
3: got to E. We the, the, the alphabet went from B to E there. It was
0: really <laughs> Yeah, they announced director, I think, in order of title of movie, I think. And so and when they started too yeah, so when they started with Brian, I was like, God, did Paul Thomas Anderson get snubbed? And then was um surprised the alphabet <laughs> <It> worked out <laughs> in, in the end. Well let's close and talk about best picture uh we mentioned earlier power of the dog got 12 nominations that's pretty huge to me that seems to cement it as a pretty undeniable front runner um but then again there's the dune theory and then again there's a lot of other movies in the list where do we think this is headed
3: well i think it's power of the dog yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah uh six years ago
0: Ooh, a film that didn't, win, did,
1: that didn't seem like it was going to win much but it but we know it was like close to the top but you know there were other bigger movies it won screenplay and then won Best Picture and that movie was Spotlight and I think Don't Look Up could potentially (sighs) pull that off (laughs) Also, I don't oh, know no. the little bit of screenplay, and I think that Adam McKay not getting nominated in director is a big mark against that movie. But it did get an editing nomination, it got a screenplay nomination, it got a score nomination, and it got picture. So I, I, I still think that movie, even though it's horrifying, thought <laughs> could <laughs> somehow be the number two on enough ballots. And I think you know, more and more, we sort of theorize that that is how best pictures are, win these days. And I don't think it's going to be, you know. I think there's a lot of Power of the Dog number ones. I think there's a lot of Belfast number ones. But maybe that has broad enough, sort of strong enough support that it could uh, be put over the top.
0: Well, I think the question is, is Belfast still the number two, which we've been kind of assuming for a long time. But as we were saying, it underperformed in some of those craft categories. And maybe it's not going to get as many number one votes as we thought. And then, Richard, like you said, something else is going to swoop in.
3: Yeah. um, I mean (laughs) – I think the problem for Don't Look Up compared to Spotlight is it didn't get any acting nominations. And it's pretty hard without that. I mean, just statistically, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean much in terms of the narrative of the movie. Um, I still think it's too polarizing of a movie to win on a preferential ballot. So I'm not inclined to think it, it really can go that far. I think it's power in Belfast. I think Belfast kind of has that more... Green Book level nomination total, maybe where it didn't do as well below the line, but still is is very well liked in a very particular way uh, by a certain segment of the Academy Um, and and power just but power just feels to me kind of overpowering at this point. It did so well everywhere. I think production design seemed like such a long shot and it got in there even I mean it 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 hit with every single branch and those are the people voting for best picture. Is there something to be said for the fact that
1: they're both Netflix movies, Don't Look Up and Power the Dog, and Netflix is maybe now just going to shift its funding and all that over to Power the Dog and Don't Look Up will kind of twist in the wind?
0: Yeah.
3: I think so. And also, they, again couldn't get that third best picture nominee it happens it happened last year with ma Rainey's black bottom and this year with tick tick boom uh so i think that this year they will learn to really focus their efforts for this final campaign
0: yeah i mean the irishman led a nominations total uh yep. two years ago whenever it was and roma might have i don't remember if roma was the the most it was definitely close if yeah anything. like they've had they've come so close so many times and the path for them is pretty clear um but then again, we're going to spend the next six weeks trying to think of reasons it won't happen because we'll get really bored, so And we'll knows? find some, we'll find some. <laughs> the problem is if
1: Don't Look Up doesn't win, it means the Academy is pro-climate change. So they, know. they might have to think this about This is that. our
0: only chance to stop that comet heading toward Earth, <laughs> yeah. and the Academy needs to take their mission seriously. <laughs> um, well, coming up is not too much. We have uh, about two weeks, and then the SAG Awards are at the end of February. Um, David and Rebecca, you guys will be there. Um, I think it's going to be Fascinating to see uh, what all goes on there. Is that going to be kind of our first insight into how these nominations change the um, the chemistry of the race?
3: Yes. Lady Gaga will win. Ruth Nega will win. Jared, Jared, Jared Leto will win. I don't know, or Ben Affleck might surprise. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, probably. I think so.
2: I, yeah. I think it'll be exciting as long as it remains in person to also hear some of these people talk on stage because we haven't gotten to yeah. hear that Seriously. all season. and. And, you know, to see what they're doing for their own messaging for phase two, the ones that are nominated. But it,
0: it'll be interesting. I'm excited to go to something. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm getting my outfits ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because right after that, the Santa Barbara Film Festival kicks off with uh, tributes to a lot of these people who are nominated. Then the Oscar nominees luncheon, uh, the Indie Spirit Awards, the UGA Awards, like March will just kind of be bam, 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 one after another. So um, we miss seeing all these people now, but we'll be, <laughs> we'll be sick of them before too long. <laughs> and,
1: and please send us subtext messages telling us who you want to hear, say, a yak in the classroom when presenting International yeah, Future at the Oscars. So Because I think that's really going to be the, the highlight of the whole show.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I have to say, and I tweeted this too, but in a meeting yesterday, I was thinking how excited it would be to hear Leslie Jordan say "Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Uh, and he did it twice, and it was so great both times. Just flawless. He
3: made good on that potential. <laughs> he
0: really did. And I think Denny Villeneuve, he also had a um, a real moment with, uh, but Hamaguchi was it. Also, Tracy Ellis Ross and Leslie Jordan were a great announcement pair, I think. I was, I was excited to see them.
3: I enjoyed the bit where the guy in the break describe his enthusiasm for jesse buckley because he loved charlie kaufman movies and loved her and i'm thinking of anything <laughs> that was that was a twist for the start of that bit i did not expect that
0: yeah well we actually we have to seek out that guy and um end his career now because he did our job for us in the middle of the oscar nominations broadcast so yeah. sorry it's going to be us next year through uh <laughs> through whatever means necessary <laughs> Well, and Richard, like you said, people should keep texting us with their thoughts on the nominations um, at joinsubtext.com slash littlegoldmen or 213-513-4203. I know I'm jumping ahead, but really that is such a great place for us to hear from you and um, we will keep taking your questions as the season goes on. And let us know who you want to hear about, what other categories you want to hear about. We'll do the shorts like we always do. Uh, We haven't talked much about documentary this year. Um, There's a lot of stuff to get into, so your feedback is really appreciated. And in the meantime, read all of our nominations coverage at VF.com. Follow us on Twitter at LittleGoldMen or on our own. I am at Katie Rich and Richard. Rylaws. And David.
3: David Kinfield 97
0: And Rebecca. Becca M. Ford.
1: This week's episode was produced and edited by Brett Fuchs. And this week's award for the best plot description of the movie Gremlins goes to Katie Rich.
0: The little monsters are furious.